0: Hello and welcome to my podcast, Let's Talk About Death. I'm Becky, I'm 20 years old and I'm currently studying songwriting. My dad died on Friday the 13th of April 2018, which since then has been the shittest and most painful experience of my life. I decided to set up this podcast to meet and talk to new people about their experiences of death and grief. It's a really sad topic to discuss, but it's unfortunately a significant part of all of our lives. And I actually believe that talking about it makes it a lot easier to accept. I've tried to keep this as lighthearted as possible because reminiscing and discussing our loved ones can be nostalgic and humorous too. Most of the people who I'll be chatting to are musicians or people involved in the music industry, as I was really interested to know how losing someone you love impacts our passions mine being songwriting and performing. I honestly never thought I'd pick up a guitar or write a song since my dad died, but I did, which proves that although grieving is gut-wrenching, we can get through this together. In this episode, I chat to Amelia, who has recently graduated from university with a music journalism degree and then she went on to work in PR for NBC, which is super impressive. Amelia lost her mum when she was a teenager, and in this episode we share stories about the ones we lost. We discuss the events leading up to someone's death and then the events after someone has died. Amelia's story really resonated with me, and I'm sure it will resonate with everyone in some shape or form. Now, Have a cup of tea, eat some biscuits, just like me and Amelia did um, recording this episode and just sit back, relax and enjoy this episode. Hi. Hi. So this is Amelia. Hello. Hello. How are you? Very well, thank you. Yourself? Really good. I'm good. Good. Um, Thank you for joining me. No problem. problem. Talking about this sort of depressing subject. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Just if you don't mind telling me a little bit about yourself, what you're up to at the moment, just to get an idea of, you know, who you are. Okay, so I am Amelia
1: and I work at NBC, which is run by Moira Bellas and Barbara Sharon. So we, we do the PR for Madonna, the Kinks, the Beatles, uh, Mark Ronson, Rod Stewart. Um, I think at the moment we've got about 52 different artists on the roster, so wow, I'll you with so all cool. of them. but yeah. so cool. <laughs> um, that's awesome. Yeah, so I do that. Um, I am into, like, fitness, so I, like, go
0: to the gym all the time. Yeah, yeah. It's more than just music,
1: but, um, yeah, music enters my life at many different points.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And... Do you mind explaining a little bit about your experiences with death and grief and how that's impacted you just a little broad? So
1: when I was 15 years old, I remember sitting in my grandparents' conservatory with my mum and she had her head in her hands and was like, it's just so bright. And I was like, mum, you've come out to the the brightest room. If (laughs) if you're finding it too bright, go somewhere darker. And I was like, what's wrong, mum? Like, you don't seem yourself because she was, like, quite aggressive sometimes and, like, very forgetful. And I think maybe, like, a couple of days before, we took her then-boyfriend to the um, airport mm. and she fell asleep at the wheel on the M25. Oh. And we were, like, like he grabbed the wheel and I was like, mum, wake up. And she, like, like, woke up and was like, oh, God, I'm, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. I didn't realise I was tired. And we were like, right, when we get to the airport, we'll get you a coffee. And um, there was just loads of different things. I was like, this is not my mum at all. And um, I then said to her, I was like, have you gone to the doctors? Because she said that she had a migraine. And I was like, okay, like, what did the doctor say? Mm. And she was like, oh, I've got an appointment um, for a brain scan in September. And I was like, well, that's not good enough. I'm going to phone up the GP uh, right now and I'm going to see if they can fit you in. And um, they said, yep, we'll we'll see her tomorrow. And I was like, okay, cool. Um, so, like... We had an early night that night because it was a really early morning um, appointment. And I said to her friend, because obviously I was 15 I couldn't drive. I said to her friend, I was like, "Um, would you mind driving us to the doctors tomorrow? Because my nan at that point, she was just getting a new car. And it was that day. So she didn't have a car, so she couldn't take us. And my my granddad was at work. So um, yeah, her friend picked us up. We went to the doctors and I wrote down a list of her symptoms and it was... So it was like an A5 piece of paper. So it wasn't like huge, but it was it was full. The page was full of symptoms. And I like went in there and I said like, there's too much to talk about, but they, these are her symptoms. And he That's was like- That's so
0: proactive of you to do yeah, at such I just, a young
1: age. I kind of was like, I knew there was something wrong because I remember sitting there and one day and I said to yeah. my friend, Sonny, I was like, I think my mum's got a brain tumour. And he was like, don't be silly. Don't be stupid. And I was like, no, I know my mum yeah and she wasn't herself yeah I I know I know these symptoms are not right and there's something definitely not right in her brain yeah and when we got to the doctors and I said all of that he was like right okay if you can like take your mum out into the waiting room he didn't talk to my mum at all he spoke to me and I was like okay and I said to my mom I was like we need to go into the waiting room there and she was like we're in the waiting room I was like no we're in with the doctors she didn't know where she was she didn't know what was going on Oh my god. so I had to like get her up, take her in there. And then the doctor called me in. He didn't call my mum in. He was like, you need to take this letter to the AMU, which is the acute medical unit at Medway Hospital. And you need to go and give this into reception. They are expecting you. I was like, okay, cool. So I go out to my mum's friend. I leave my mum in the waiting room. And I'm like, can you take us to the hospital, please? I was like, mum needs to go there now. And she was like, okay, uh, any inclination as to what's going on? And I was like... I'm not sure but she's really not well so I didn't want to freak anyone out and be like I think she's got mm. this because what did I know I was 15
0: yeah but you um, still knew something was wrong. yeah
1: well. yeah yeah you know when it's someone yeah. you love that there's something wrong yeah. and yeah so we got to the we got to the hospital I walked her to the AMU and um she then got like really weak and I was like can someone get me a wheelchair because like she can't stand for very long and they were like, no, she'll be fine. And then she collapsed. And I was like, I need someone to get me a wheelchair, please. Oh, my gosh. This is all whilst we were waiting as well. And I was like, she's really not well. Can we just, like, see someone? And the doctor came round and I gave him the letter. And I was like, you're expecting my mum.
0: Yeah. Please,
1: can you get me a wheelchair? And he read the letter and he was like, oh, okay, yep. I've, I've been phoned up by the doctor. I'll get you a bed immediately. And we were seen instantly.
0: Wow.
1: And he was like, right, we are going to get a porter and she's going to have a CT scan and blood's taken. I was like, okay, cool. And my mum then just started crying because she was just like, oh, my God, like, I hate CT scans because I don't know if you've ever had one or know anyone that has. No. It's really loud. It's, it's not very nice. Um, and they also have to inject dye into your blood. Oh, it's horrible. Yeah. Um... And yeah, she went for a CT scan and her blood taken, and I waited with her. Um, I wasn't allowed into the room with the CT because it's like radiation. Yeah, I think my
0: dad might have had that, but I didn't go in. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I was told, like, just stay out here. And my mum was like freaking out. She was like, no, I want her with me. And I was like, you can't, like, you'll be fine. You'll be out soon enough. Um, And then we got taken back to her bed, and the doctor came around and he was like, he, again he didn't look at her and talk he looked at me because she was just so confused she didn't know what was going on oh my gosh.
0: that's such and a big responsibility he, yeah
1: no one knew that i was 15 though they all thought they i was didn't. older no oh. um and i remember him just looking at me and being like so your mom's blood has come back and they're fine and yeah. i like it was like whew, relief instantly because yeah. i was like cancer comes up in blood Like, you know, that's what they were testing for. I knew that that's what they were testing for. And then he was like, however, and I was like, oh no, my heart sunk. And he was like, "Um, on the CT scan, we've noticed that your mum has a brain tumour. And instantly I looked at my mum and she just went, well, I don't fucking want it. (laughs) And I was like... I don't want you to have it either. I was like, this is not, this is less than ideal. And um, I then like broke down in tears and I was like, what about David? And David is my cousin and he'd just moved to Australia. Okay. And um, so I phoned up my nan, like my Mm. mum's mum, and I was like, "Um, when your car arrives, you need to come to the hospital immediately. Mum's not coming out. Yeah. She was like, "Oh my God, what's happened?" And I was like, "I don't really want to talk about it over the phone, but can you please come here?" And
0: mm-hmm.
1: she was like, "Tell me what's wrong with my daughter." And I just thought, "Oh God, I can't, I can't not tell her." Yeah. And I had to say to her over the phone that her daughter had a brain tumour. And um, oh my God! I was like, "I need support, Mum. Need support. <laughs> we all need yeah, some help here." Yeah, you need support. And she was like, "Great, right, okay." She was like, "I'll call your grandfather." So she called up my granddad. He knew. I found up my dad. My my parents were divorced from okay. when I was ten. Um, but I found up my dad and was just like, This is the situation, by the mm-hmm. way. Um, I'm not gonna be over this weekend, I'm staying with mum. Yeah. Um and yeah, then my mum's sister was told my auntie Donna. Um, and yeah, everybody found out very quickly because we were all really worried because we knew there was something wrong. Yeah. Um and she was in Medway Hospital in the Wakely ward terrible ward um for i think just shy of two weeks and this was in the height of summer this was when we had that massive heat wave and it was awful like as well she so her tumor was in her frontal lobe And it was putting pressure on her hypothalamus and your hypothalamus is what regulates your temperature, Mm -hmm. your hormones and everything. So that's Mm -hmm. why she, as well, like the frontal lobe is all to do with, um, memory and behavior. So that's why she was acting out of character and stuff. There was just a lot of pressure going on and that's why there was pain and everything. So once I knew that, I kind of knew the situation. Um, and yeah, that's, that was just before I turned 16 and, uh she my mum I remember my mum saying when she was in hospital, she was like, What do you want for your birthday? I was like, I want you to be better. That's all mm. I want. I don't want anything else. I want you to be better. And I think she actually ended up going home on the fourth of August and my birthday's the sixth. But um yeah, prior to that she um she got moved to King's College London yeah. and she had um she had to have a craniotomy, which is brain surgery, and she got read out when we arrived there, they said, you know, it's going to take it's going to take a long time because it is a big operation. I was like, yeah, that's fine. And I went up there with her boyfriend. Um, it was just me and him. And my mum said to me, she was like, I, 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 I don't want to go down there alone. Can you come with me? And I was like, yeah, that's fine. So I went down to the operating theatre and uh, with her. And that's where they they give you the list of like what could happen The risk, yeah
0: the operation and um
1: she she couldn't she couldn't handle it she just looked at me and she was like I don't want to do this I don't want to have this operation and I was like mum like you you need to have this operation like you've got quite a big tumour she was like oh but the doctors told me it was the size of the of a pea and I said to her I looked at the scan and I was like it's not the size of a pea it's quite big you need to need to have because I, I i was very into science back then and i i just wanted to know like i wanted to know yeah. everything and um i was like no like you need to have this done but it was something back then it was something like 80 percent chance of having a stroke and like 75 percent chance of death with the this operation so obviously wow. your brain is a major organ yeah, of course. and um she just like put the covers over her head and she started crying and she was like i can't sign i can't sign and i was like You don't really have a choice. I was like, you've got to do this.
0: Yeah.
1: So she signed it. um, And she signed to say that, you know, if I gave them permission to do something, they Mm. could do it. Um, And yeah, nine hours later, I got told that she was well and she was in uh, recovery. And nine hours. Nine hours. Yeah. Um, Because we bumped into the surgeon. Uh, he was coming down an elevator and i just i went over to him and i was like so any news of my mum yeah and he was like oh yeah um well it, everything's gone well um but she's going to be in the high dependency unit um for a while and she's in recovery blah 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 and so i phoned up my grandparents and my auntie and i was like guys everything went well thank god mm-hmm. um you can come down um she'll be she'll be able we'll be able to see them soon and I think I think her operation started at something like nine o'clock in the morning, and we didn't get to see her until like nine o'clock at night. So it was a long day. And were you waiting at the hospital the whole yeah. day? Yeah, yeah, I did not leave. I did yeah. not leave her side. Um, I then remember being in the waiting room because they said, "Oh, like come up to the HDU, the high dependency mm. unit, um, and then you can you can see her soon." But she kept. Uh, I don't. She wasn't unstable, but it was just like they were quite concerned. Yeah. Um, And yeah, eventually this nurse came around and she was like, Amelia? And I was like, yeah, thinking that something had gone wrong because I was put down as her next of kin. And I was like, oh, God, like what? She was like, I was like, what's wrong? She was like, oh, nothing. Your mum's asked for you. And I just burst into tears because um, I didn't actually know this at this point. But I knew that she couldn't really tell who I was every now and then. But uh, she wrote a post-it note and put it on her wall saying, your daughter's name is Amelia, because she couldn't remember. So the fact that she asked for me, and I was the first person she asked for, like, meant the world. Of course. And I went over to her, and she, she went how bad does it look then. I went. I don't know. You got a you've got a patch on your head, <laughs> and she was like, "Have they shaved off all my hair?" I said, like, "No, mum. Your hair's still I there. It's fine. It's fine." Because she, she was had a hairdresser. Bit of oh, yeah, okay. she's a hairdresser. So that's all she was concerned about. I was yeah, like, "Mum, like calm down. <laughs> like it's hair will grow back." Um, and she, yeah, she. She looked at me and she was like, oh, you, "You, you look like you've been crying." I was like, "Oh, what do you think? Like, you've just had major surgery. Of course, I've been crying." And um, I was like, "Can I give you a hug, or is that gonna like hurt your head too much?" And she was like, "I don't care. Give me a hug." And like, I went over and I like I basically was in bed with her at that Aww. point. I just like cuddled her and I gave her a kiss. Yeah. Um, and she was like, "I, I want to see my scar." I was like, "Mum, you've literally just come out of a <laughs> really bad operation, like." You can't see it just yet. You need to just give it time. And then, like, my family were allowed in to see her. And um, that was, like, probably the highest point because it was, like, having my mum
0: back. Of um, yeah, because you lo- you kind of lost her for a bit, and especially when yeah. she wasn't herself. Yeah, and it wasn't... You can't recognise
1: someone no. when they can you? And it was, like, it wasn't long before she reverted back to having... Because the type of cancer my mum had is called a uh, glioblastoma multiform and um or g b m and it is a cancer that no one has ever survived from um it is a grade four it's really, really aggressive. it grows super quick um and do they know like the causes or is no it just the- there's they have no idea what the cause is they there's no correlation between men getting it more, women getting it more there's like absolutely no correlation that well at that point that they could find um, and yeah. So it was just like very it was very difficult for everyone to kind of understand what was going on. Cause yeah,
0: especially you when you were fifteen, yeah, you know I mean?
1: yeah, well, I mean once once she had the operation, um that was like early August, and um she was yeah, she was in recovery, I think she came out on the fourth of August, it was around then anyway. Um, And yeah, she came home. And on my birthday, uh, my auntie was there as well. And like they gave me a cake and my mum, she'd asked my auntie to take her to the shop so she could pick out my card uh, herself. Like it was really important to her to pick it out herself. And um, yeah, that was the last birthday I had with her. But it was it was just so nice to have that time. Yeah, because we made it special because we were just like, this could be your last you don't know. Um, it was never really said. It was just kind of understood. You and You knew. Yeah. 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 Um And then, like a couple of days after that, it's probably the longest I had like her, like my actual mum, around because she was like, "Oh, I'll make you some food," and I was like, "Mum, you're not strong enough," because she wasn't allowed to stand up. She kept falling and hitting her head, um, and obviously with the pressure inside, it could have just like yeah. squished her brain essentially, and. um Yeah, she was like, no, 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 it's fine. I'll make you some beans on toast. And that's the last thing she ever cooked for me, beans on toast. And she made me a cup of tea as well. So so it's those
0: things you remember, isn't it? Yeah.
1: And it's like, even though she was so sick, her priority was being my mum. There was nothing else to it. Like when she used to get upset, it was never about her illness or herself. It was always about me. So I think that's one thing that really helps me with like when I feel sad and like yeah, a, going through my grief agree. is knowing that literally her life was about loving me mm. and it
0: yeah it makes it it does make it easier I think it does I have the same like I remember my dad cooked me um like eggs or something yeah, yeah it was egg soldiers mm. um the last time when we were in we were in his flat just before he got submitted to hospital um when I drove him there and he was just want it's like he just wanted to be a dad and like yeah look after me and my brother and just be normal Mm. even though we all knew he was ill we were like this is so nice and I do I do remember that so Mm. in such a nice way it's horrible yeah and every time I have soldiers I'm like Uh, yeah it's kind of bittersweet yeah but
1: at least it reminds you of your dad and it is um, like a positive memory because it
0: is for a long
1: while after my mum died I found that the only memories I had that I could like vividly remember was her being ill and I hated that. Mm. I hated because that's not that wasn't Yeah, your that mom. wasn't my mum. Um, but now, like looking back and like thinking about things about my mum, mm. I think about like the things of when she was well, when we were living, just yeah. me and her, and like
0: all of her little quirks and like things yeah. that happened. You kind of I found that I've definitely erased a lot of the kind of time when he was in hospital. Yeah. And that stuff. Because I think that's kind of a survival yeah. mechanism in a way yeah. you've you got to you've got to be able to like and you want to remember mm. the person who you've lost in a nice way mm. um because well I know that when my dad was ill that wasn't him
1: yeah exactly and like you don't want to th- like when when you're feeling sad you don't want to make memories that make you feel even worse yeah. you want to feel better I know exactly but it's really difficult to like get out of that kind of mindset I guess, I guess it is a mindset of like for quite a long time, I was like, I feel sad. I want to feel sad. I want to yeah. feel more sad. Like you kind of this- want to torture yourself. Yeah, and it's like you know, I used to beat myself up thinking like, oh, my friends have still got their parents, and yeah. like, and every now and then I do see like old people walking down, like, and I mean like old, old, yeah. like in their like nineties, walking with their kids that are in their seventies, and know. I'm like,
0: I'm never gonna get that, and I I'd- literally, I get, I got yeah. so angry, yeah, and because my dad was on the respiratory ward. Because he had lung cancer. Yeah. Um, there were just loads of old people. Yeah. And I remember thinking, this is so unfair. Yeah. I was like, this is so wrong. Like, yeah. why why are they not dead? <laughs> like, yeah. It's so wrong. Literally, but it's like, yeah. why they they've lived their life. I yeah. still need my dad. Yeah. Um, and I remember I got so I was so angry and upset. Yeah. And that's one of the stages of grief, isn't it? it? Is. And
1: I think I I used to get told a lot that. I was too aggressive like I've got quite an angry and like fiery personality Mm. anyway and people used to be like you can't feel angry about this and it's like well no if if I've reacted in a certain way to a stimuli yeah then that is my natural response so don't tell me that it's wrong because it's what I have naturally felt and therefore that is the right feeling for me to be going through at this time and I think that's like if I could go back and tell myself something I'd be like you know what you feel what you want to feel. Yeah. go through it, and it'll get easier. Exactly, a lot quicker than it did. Because I used to think like, "Oh, I can't feel this way." And yeah, if someone had just told me, you know, no, that's fine. But I think you can if feel people like haven't
0: gone through it. It's very easy for them to suppress your feelings and say, you know, you just try and calm down or just yeah. try and smile. Yeah, and I'll you like think, piss off uh, and I yeah, smile. My mom's me. just died. My dad's <laughs> just died. Like, yeah, I'll be so happy about yeah. like
1: no. It it just,
0: to me, that doesn't make sense at all. I mean, now I've got a little bit better at dealing with it and people like that. Um, It takes time. It really does. Yeah. I mean, it's still really hard. Yeah. Um, Yeah, well,
1: mine's been six years. On the 28th of January, it's been six years. And I graduated on the 4th of February. And there was a moment where one of the guest speakers, like, said, oh, if you could turn around and, like, applaud like the people that have supported you mm. and I started crying because I was like my mum should be here yeah my mum doesn't know that I went to uni my mum's never gonna see my kids she's mm-hmm. I'm never gonna know what my kids want like what she wanted my kids to call her yeah. like I just had this like rush of emotion and that's it, it six is like years that, isn't yeah. it? it's like
0: a rush like I do you find that you get that when um like times when you should be celebrating and be happy because for example this new year is I was like oh kind of didn't really want to go out, but I thought I've got to go out. Like my boyfriend's there, my friends are there. You know, it's it's a new year. Hopefully this one will be less shit. Yeah. (laughs) So I went out and as soon as the clock turned midnight, I just started crying. Yeah. I think as well because it was a new decade. Yeah, probably that as well. And I just thought, oh my gosh, why am I out celebrating? I've got nothing to celebrate right now. My dad's dead and everything just hit me all at once. And then suddenly random flashbacks of him in hospital. Yeah. So weird. Yeah. And then I'm like, okay, I just needed like 10 minutes to let that out. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, okay, I'm fine. Yeah. But I do find that Christmas, birthdays, times when you should celebrate. I'm like, you celebrate because you want to be with people that you love and people who support you. That's kind of part of birthdays yeah. and Christmas and stuff. And so not to have my dad was just Yeah even though he probably wouldn't have been with me on New Year's anyway, it's just yeah. like, well I didn't get a text.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
0: That sort of stuff. Yeah.
1: No, I'm like that on my birthday as well. I just think, you know, especially being my mum, mm. I'm like,
0: she brought me into this world. I want her here. Exactly. and was it just the two of you growing up together? So and no, when, were, I was, were, when, were when I was when I was ten
1: my parents got divorced. Um But I still was very, very close Mm. with my dad. Um, And then, but then when my mum got ill, um, she was living with my grandparents, and it was all too much for me. I was going, I was in sixth form, so A levels. I still, I still stick to it. A levels are much harder than a degree. I would, I'd happily do another degree, but really? I, there's no way I'd do A-levels again. No, Absolutely I, I no hated chance. A-levels. That was literally the worst. I did three years as well because my mum being ill. Um, okay. That worst three years of my life. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that, so I was doing my A-levels. Um, there was like too many people in the house in my yeah. opinion. And watching my mum suffer was just too much for me to cope with. Like day in day out, I I visited every day, but I didn't yeah. sleep over there. That's the only difference. So I moved in with my dad then. Okay. Um,
0: so how long was the whole process? Um, so from the moment
1: that she was diagnosed to the point that she died, it was literally like a couple of days of being six months. So okay. it was it was pretty quick. Pretty sudden, yeah. But um, it was intense. Mm. It was.
0: You missed out of six months of being a child yeah. and a teenager.
1: Yeah. And it was literally like so. She was diagnosed. I think, I, th- I think I'd only just received my GCSE results, and no, she was diagnosed before I get, got my GCSE results because that's in August. Yeah, that's after my birthday. That was like the twenty second of August, I, th- I believe. Okay. Um. So yeah, she was well on her way to you know still being very poorly. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it was. It was very, very intense. It was very... So when she died, it was a relief, basically. Mm -hmm. I literally... I remember walking out of that room and just being like, thank God. Really? Yeah. Because I just thought she was... She was not herself. It got to a point where I always hate remembering her like this, but she had... You know when babies are teething and they have those little rings with hard beads and stuff yeah. on it? She used to have those because she would, like, rip out cannulas. She, like, when she was in hospital, she'd rip out oh. cannulas. She'd be biting on things. Like, she'd be biting her hands, like, till they bled. It was awful. Um, she just... T- it was like a 46-year-old woman had turned into, a, a like, a newborn baby wow. that was just, like, erratic. So...
0: That's horrible to see yeah. because your parent is kind of the one that should be looking after, looking after you, you yeah. and then suddenly it's the other way around. Yeah. So you kind of, you go into autopilot. Yeah. I definitely did.
1: Oh yeah, I felt, went into mum mode. I was yeah. like, I've got to mother her and it was really strange, especially being like so young.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it was very, very strange. That's, I mean, that's so tough. Yeah. Like, that it was just you and were you were, are you the only child yeah, the as only well? Child, yeah. So that's. Well, you better be really proud of yourself for doing that. Yeah, I mean,
1: I do look back and I think, like, Jesus Christ, how... Yeah. But then I think you just do it.
0: You do, don't you? You just get on with it. You have to. There's not really any other choice. You just kind of have energy, which is really strange because normally, like, you'd lose all the energy. You just want to do anything to make that person feel better. Yeah. And just get better. Yeah.
1: But then after they pass, it's kind of like all of the energy that you've used has just sapped from you and you've just got nothing left. You're just a shell of a person and it's like, it takes a good, a good while to get back to yourself.
0: So what did you do when you went home after the hospital? Like when she passed away? Um, I, I'm pretty
1: sure I phoned, yeah, I phoned up my friend Vicky, I'm pretty certain. No, because, so... It was it was lunchtime on the twenty eighth of January, and my head of sixth form came into the common room where I was. Yeah. He put his hands on my shoulders. Oh um, my. And I like turned around. I looked up, and he was like, uh, "You need you need to come with me. Your dad's here." And I knew what that meant. I yeah, knew that my mum was on her way out. So I was like, "Okay, cool." Um, my dad drove me to the hospice. She passed. So she was in the hospice. Yeah. Okay um I knew it was coming like the day the the night before I spent the night in there with her and the way that the hospice was I could lower the bars on one side and they had like this recliner sofa and I pushed Mm. it up next to it and laid next to her as if it was like a double bed and I just laid with her hand in my hand like she was in a coma at that point so she wouldn't have known but literally um a couple of days before um she passed she told me that she loved me yeah, and she called me by my name as well, which she hadn't done in a while. That's so special. And yeah, that was like the best thing. But afterwards, um, I, I actually went back into school. I went back into my school because I knew that my friends were still there. Yeah. And I was fine. I wasn't crying at all. And they were all just standing around in the corridors crying. And I was like, my mum no yeah. like, going on and I just because I saw them crying, I just burst <laughs> so into tears crying, yeah. and I was like oh what a moment I'm I coped with it by being humorous about it
0: yeah
1: I was like well what am I meant to do she's dead now yeah and I was just like very matter of fact yeah. and they were like
0: oh my god you can't say that and I was like I can is it or is it not true yeah like she's dead again that's just a way of dealing with it yeah. I go through periods of stuff like that I just laugh about everything because it's just yeah. is a way of dealing with things yeah. and it's easier sometimes than just crying
1: yeah exactly like I've had to I've kind of got a really sick sense of humor about it <laughs> now just because I think if I didn't I don't think I'd be coping yeah um, and I think that's that's something that everyone's like oh you can't be like that no if that's the way you cope that's the way you cope mm. and I don't think anyone should tell you that that's the wrong strategy if no. that's if that's
0: for you that's for you if no, it's exactly. not then that's fine and also I think if you have moments to yourself when you're allowing yourself to be upset and to grieve mm. and then having a laugh about it as well then you do get that balance yeah it's just learning how to what's best for you mm like my someone in my family just, he just doesn't want to talk yeah and yeah that was like my angry. uncle. and it's to begin with I found it really hard to understand why mm. because I just thought but I want to talk can't yeah. you just talk with me yeah and you know you learn that people grieve in different ways that's, yeah that's like my uncle my um
1: mum's sister's husband Mm. he didn't want to talk about my mum passing for a long time he found it really difficult and like my auntie was like okay like that is your way of coping but I really want to talk about my sister um but now like you can you can talk about it and he's fine he just needed that time to kind of process everything because it's like if you've known I think he'd known her for something like 30 years Mm. so to know someone for that long and then they're just all that's what I struggled with as well the idea that someone is then just gone. Yeah. You can't talk to them. There's no f- texting. <laughs> There's
0: no calling. There is nothing. That's it. It's,
1: it's and so And all you've weird. got are those
0: memories. Yeah. And that time that you had with them. Mm. Um, But I remember my dad said he, I think, I remember it was a Wednesday. I think he yeah. passed away on the Friday. And he went, please know that I'll always love you. Yeah. And, I, and I'd, I'm so upset that it's come to this sort of thing. Yeah. And... and It's stuff like that that I remember, Mm. even though that was the most horrible moment when he was just crying and crying. Yeah, because it's kind of like they've accepted that there's nothing more and they've given up. But then I was still in denial. Like me and my mum were just so, we just were like, everything's fine. Like, because my dad said, I'm fine, I'm fine. Mm. We just believed that everything was okay. Yeah. And I kind of wish that the doctors had been more honest about it because they were very they're beating around the bush a bit and saying yeah Mm -hmm. he's not well we're just waiting on these results waiting on this and then he had his lungs drained and everything and it was just all this stuff happening but no one had come up to me and said just be aware he's probably going to die yeah because if I'd known that then I think I would have prepared myself before um one of the McMillan nurses did come up to me and say I just think you should stop studying for your levels and just go and spend yeah. time with your dad but it wasn't clear enough for me to understand that yeah. he was about to die
1: yeah well I think I'm very very grateful for the the doctors at Maidstone Hospital because they were incredible literally every step of the way they said to me like as soon as she had her appointment mm. they made an extra 10 minutes me and my family. So if we had any questions that my mum didn't want to hear the answer yeah. to, we could go in there and ask the question. That's really good. And I remember going into her once and I said to her, I was like, I would never want you to lie to me. I never want you to treat me as a child. I want to know straight up. Yeah. I am not someone who needs to be beaten around the bush. Yeah. Tell me straight. Yeah. And I remember her just being, I just looked at her and I was like, how long has my mum got left? And she was like, probably a couple of months. And uh, I was like, okay, cool. Um, what can I expect from that? And she was like, it's going to be horrendous. Yeah. She's going to be in a lot of pain and it, you're just, you're not going to want to be around it. And I was like, right, okay, cool. At least, at least I'm prepared. At least I know. Do you think you actually like took that information in? I definitely took it in. Um, but me thinking I was going to be prepared. Pff, no, yeah. absolutely not. Um I don't think because you, you've
0: never experienced it before. No. So how can you prepare yourself no, for something like, like that? Because
1: like my my dad's parents died when I was young, um, but I wasn't close to them. Mm. I I barely knew them to be honest. Um, and it wasn't your mum. No, um, but yeah, it was just it was very very strange because like I knew what was going to happen. I knew it was coming, but I was still surprised. Yeah, because I I think I still had that glimmer of hope of my mum could be the first person to get over this illness. Yeah. She could be patient zero, you know? Because um, you never know. And you've, yeah, got to exactly. have, you've got to have
0: that optimism. Yeah, because
1: if you don't, then phew, every day she's going to she, be miserable.
0: Was she optimistic about her illness and recovery? Uh, to or? my
1: face, yes. But every now and then I could hear her in a room crying Yeah, uh, when she was alone. She, oh. she never, She never cried or moaned or complained in front of anyone, ever.
0: Yeah. And I just. You must have been so strong. Yeah,
1: literally, I take that energy with me everywhere I go. Yeah. I'm like, if my mum can do this, I can do that. Yeah. Like.
0: Yeah. It's so funny, actually. This is so, so weird. But when I'm in the gym and I'm running and I'm like, oh, it really hurts. Sometimes yeah, I'll like, be like,
1: but my- Come on now. <laughs> yeah. I kind
0: of like give myself a reality yeah. check and I'm like, Hang on, but my dad literally was in so much pain. Yeah. I think I can run another five minutes. Yeah, <laughs> It's just so weird to kind of mm. link that together. Yeah. But my brain does sometimes. Yeah. It's really weird things. Well, I'm like,
1: I'm an absolute wimp when it comes to having blood tests. Okay. And I just look back and I think, oh my God, my mum had so many done and she was bad with it because she had veins that collapsed all the time and so do I. I just, I just think if mum could it. do if mum could deal with that being prodded and poked and they for six all months all the time yeah. and horrible ones and like in her neck as well oh. I just think yeah, yeah if she can do that yeah stick a needle in me no, go on exactly <laughs> like, <laughs> try me yeah literally but yeah it's
0: yeah I was shit. gonna ask no it's so shit. <laughs> shit literally when people
1: are like how are you I'm like shit <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'll be honest now yeah yeah exactly I, for, for so long when people said to me like how are you I'd be like yeah I'm fine I'm yeah. getting on and it's like now oh like if someone says to me how are you there's no way I'm gonna do that typical woman thing of being like yeah no, I'm fine no I'm not yeah, fine I'm exactly. gonna tell you exactly what's wrong um I might say fine at first and then i will be like no that's a lie I'm not fine yeah, this is how, I how I'm feeling <laughs> But, sometimes yeah. it's
0: easier. I think it depends on the situation. But um, I think if you don't want to go into things, you're like, yeah, okay, yeah, I'm yeah. all right, I'm fine, yeah. I'm fine. But, you know, sometimes yeah. if you want to just actually be honest.
1: Yeah. Yeah, sometimes I'm and like... And tell people that, I know it happened a while ago, but yeah, I'm still shit yeah. today. Yeah, I mean, like I say, it's been six years for me yeah. and I still cry about it. Yeah. And I think I always will do. Because, like, there are things that people usually get that I won't. Yeah. And... I'll never know what that's like.
0: I know. It's and horrible. And so
1: I'm just always just going to be, like, sad about it. Yeah. There's no getting around that.
0: I know. That's actually something I'm really finding hard to accept. Mm. Stuff, like, stuff like that. I'm like, okay. Yeah. I don't have my dad for some things in my life. Yeah. But then when you got to remember what you do have, I guess. Mm. The other things around you. Yeah. But it's, dif- it's so hard. Yeah. So difficult. I still take...
1: still unfair. <laughs> I still definitely take things for granted as well. And I like, I'll check myself afterwards and I'm like, why have you taken that for granted? Yeah. And I just think, you know, it is one of those things in human nature that we all do. Yeah, it's um,
0: so true. And I just try not to beat myself up about it. Mm. So. Mm. Um, I was going to ask about what you think about grief and, well, what you think about... In terms of senses, mm. so like smells and like things, like belongings, and mm. does that link to grief, if that makes sense? I that think a really for a badly long. No, I know what you mean. I know
1: what you mean. So, like, <laughs> are there things that, like, sensory things that tie me to her yeah, and like yeah, exactly. what triggers off emotions and stuff? Yeah. Um, I think for a long time, Um, her possessions meant a lot to me because I was like, oh, mum's touched this or mum loved this or whatever. Or like, this is the last bracelet I bought for my mum. This is the last whatever I bought for it. Like, um, she loved this bag, whatever. But now I'm just kind of like, they're material things. The things that matter are my memories. And I think what triggers off my memories are also sensory. Okay. So like, uh, if I smell someone that wore her perfume, yeah i i instantly
0: i like i'll look around to see where she is oh my gosh um does you feel like when i when i smell like my dad's aftershave because we've still like not taken stuff out of his mm. cupboard which is yeah strange no it takes a while
1: no it's not strange at all we did yeah my mum's stuff is still in her room is it yeah
0: okay yeah it's just it's just hard and yeah and sometimes I'll just open the cupboard and, like, smell, yeah. like, his, and, like, in in the cupboard because there's aftershaves in there. Mm. And, like, it's sort of, like, in your gut, like, you just feel yeah. so sick. Yeah. And you just want to cry. Yep. Then I just keep smelling it because I just want to, like, torture myself because yeah. yep. I'm, like... But this is kind of you, like, it's not you, but I can still smell you. Yeah. And, like, random soaps. Like, I've got a soap in the bathroom at the moment, and I'm, like, it's slowly running out, like, at home. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm, like, please don't run out. Yeah. (laughs) small things like that. I mean, it's even with my dad, who's still very much with
1: us. Yeah. Uh, There's, down the road from where I work, there's a building site, and my dad's a builder. And when I was a kid... I, my memory of him and his smell isn't his aftershave when he's smelling nice. It's brick dust. <laughs> so literally, whenever I walk past her, I'm like, oh, it smells like dad. And it's like, it's really weird. Kind of weird, but nice. But, yeah, but like things always tie you to they memories do. and people and what have you. And I think, you know, particularly like if a song comes on the radio mm. that reminds me of like a memory I have with my mum.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm like, I'm either like really cheery remembering that really great memory yeah. or I'll burst into tears or whatever. Um, yeah, I have like that. The, uh, so actually, thinking about it, I remember being in a history lesson with my head of year because he was he was our history teacher, and we was doing Vietnam and Korean wars. Okay. Um, and we watched Platoon, and the opening of Platoon. Yeah. The song is Adagio for Strings, and that is what my mum came into oh. when she was in the coffin. That's what she came into the crematorium mm-hmm. to. And I heard it and I was like Oh my god and I just burst into tears mm-hmm. and like, I had to like run out of the room and my teacher was like, Oh my god, I'm so sorry, I completely forgot. Um I was like, No, 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 like it's fine, like it's one yeah. of those things
0: but like you can't control other people what they do and that's I think that's yeah. the scariest part of things is it's you're gonna go around Life and hear Mm. music and smell all these smells, and you don't know Mm. if you're going to come into contact with something that's going to remind you of your mom or my dad. Yeah. Well, in my in my favorite club in my
1: hometown, I say my favorite it's not anymore. It's, it's too young for me now. Um, I used to go in there, and um, so my mum used to like the song "Come On Eileen" because it reminded her of her dad dancing, mm. um, and she she then used to do that dance in front of me. So it rem- okay. when that song comes on, it reminds me of my mum imitating my granddad, yeah. and it always used to come on in this club. and, and I it always comes on in every club, it was, doesn't it? It depended on how much alcohol I'd had and what I'd <laughs> mixed as to whether I'd yeah. be crying or dancing. Yeah. And sometimes it was also both, but you know. Um, Normally it's gin. I'm like, I can't drink gin. I'm just going to cry. <laughs> mine's, mine's vodka. If I have vodka, I'll just cry yeah. all night. Um, but yeah, I, there's like so many different songs that if they come on,
0: mm.
1: it takes me back to different memories. Hits you. Yeah. Even, like, uh, certain comedians. So, like, we met Lee Evans together. and oh, she, I remember, yeah, she was, like, choking and he gave her his bottle of water. <laughs> and, like, if I see him, I think of that memory. Yeah. Um,
0: and it's more like he'll just come up on TV and, yeah. just, and you'll just be not thinking about yeah. it. And then suddenly or someone will like, say one of his jokes. And I'm like, oh, and like, can you, I just don't yeah. want to be reminded right yeah. now. And I think that's just, I don't know, maybe that's just yeah. learning to deal with yeah. the situations. But that's exhausting. Yeah. I find it really tiring. Yeah. I'm like, I just... Sometimes I just don't want these reminders. Yeah. Yeah. So,
1: some days I'm like, I cannot think about this right now. And then yeah. sometimes I'm like, I really want to think about this. Mm. And it's just like listening to how your body is reacting to things. Like if you want to cry, cry, it doesn't make you weak. It makes you stronger. Cause so like true. you're accepting that that's what you need. Mm. And I think particularly men these days need to start opening up and Definitely. like letting themselves feel those emotions. Yeah. Whether it's, it's, whether it's because someone's died or not like no matter what trauma you've gone through nothing is an unnatural response mm. if that is what you is naturally occurring within your body like exactly. that is your hormones and your neurotransmitters being like this is how you should feel yeah don't switch that off like they're there to like that's your natural instinct you
0: know yeah i think my natural instinct is normally to talk mm. i like talking about yeah. stuff like this cuz i find it really helps me mm. and i think as well talking about memories keeps
1: them alive. They're like, there's that That's saying, so you die twice. Once when you're, like, buried and mm. cremated, whatever. And then the last time that somebody, like, when the last person that knew yeah. you dies, your the memory therefore dies and that means you completely die. So yeah. that, like, authors and songwriters and stuff like that, they're never going to die if
0: they're, like, monumental, That's incredible so influences, you Did know? Do you talk about your mum a lot to your family?
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. People, like... like-
0: like it's normal now. Like, yeah, like, yeah I remember.
1: Yeah. What, do you remember when mum did this? Yeah, or? yeah, all the time. And I just think, yeah. so in, in my grandparents' house, there's like pictures of her everywhere. And I mean, there's pictures of everyone everywhere. Mm. But um, yeah, there's there's now, so there's a picture of this really beautiful picture of my mum that's um, next to where my nan sits. Yeah. And then next to it, there's a picture of me, my granny, my cousin Jamie, who got married, his now wife because this was like a wedding picture, uh my gramps, uh, my cousin David who is Jamie's brother and actually I think that might be it. I think that's it in the photo actually. But it's like we're all together. Yeah. Um and like my nan's like, well you know she's there now. And like so I have a necklace of my mum's ashes um that was turned into glass and I wore that at the wedding and I went over to my cousin and I was mm. like Mum's here that's so nice and yeah like I do that with special things I like always bring her with me
0: that's so nice and so I always mention it to everyone as well that's then as yeah. well that that's something that's yeah that's yours and you want to keep yeah like sentimental
1: yeah I guess yeah but like again with that when, when I got given that I used humour because she had awful feet <laughs> awful feet and I used to say I like when I first got given it I was like I hope that's not her feet in there and like <laughs> I know, I know, it didn't sit well with some people. Yeah. But I just was like, well, that's my but way it makes of coping. You laugh. So like, yeah. pissed off. <laughs> yeah, literally, I was just like, yeah.
0: Um, if there's one piece of advice you could give to someone listening, that's going through something similar, whether they've um, someone that they know has passed away, or if they're going through that sort of like process at the moment, what could, what kind could of advice can you give them to like give them support, encouragement? I oh, think it's going to be okay.
1: <laughs> definitely seek support from every possible person. Um, let yourself feel the emotions that are coming. Yeah. And ride through it. Like if you're feeling sad, feel sad. That's yeah. fine. Because um, I definitely did suffer with a little bit of depression. Mm-hmm. I say a little bit of depression, it's not a little bit. I had depression. It was awful. Yeah. Um. I was put on pills for anxiety, I was on diazepam. It was awful, yeah. um, but they didn't work. I found that the thing that worked for me was CBT. Okay. Um, and But, yeah, the, I, I tried a lot of different things before I figured out what worked for me and, you know, what came naturally to me. And I beat myself up a lot, and I just think, you know, if I could go back and say to myself, I'd be like, stop beating yourself up. Yeah. You're allowed to feel like this. Um It's not easy no matter what. Yeah. But it is what it is. You cannot turn back time. They are gone. That's that. Mm -hmm. There is no bringing them back. No matter how much you cry, how much you wish for it, you are in your present and you need to live for your future. Yeah. And I now very much do live for my future and I enjoy my present because if you're constantly living in the past, you're then giving up your present with the people that are still around you and still love you yeah, to mourn someone who's no He's longer there. And I know that my mum would want me to enjoy my time with people that love me on like that are still alive rather live than live and do what you yeah. want to do. Definitely. So I'd say just, you know, appreciate the people around you. It's difficult. I still take people for granted. Um, but you know, if you're more conscious of it, you're less likely to do it consistently.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. That'd be my, Biggest thing, yeah. Well, thank you so much, and I'm, I'm sorry about that. We yeah. that you've gone through this because it's shit, yeah. but it's nice that we can talk about it yeah. and know that we're not alone.
1: Yeah, it's one of those things, you know.
0: Yeah, one of those things. It is. Well, thank you so much. You're welcome.